Welcome to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. Now, let's meet our hosts. Hello, everyone. I'm Dana Crawford. And I'm Wayne Jordan. In today's episode number 70 of Flip It or Skip It, we're going to be talking about match covers. How would you feel if I were to start this episode with a rather gruesome, true story? Ooh, that scares me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, fortunately I can edit these things after the fact. (laughs) But uh, for for parents that might have small children in the room, let me suggest that you send them out of the room because this is the kind of story for that adults only should hear. Uh, this goes back to the 19th century, and it's like something right out of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Now, I want you to picture this. Imagine a face with a jaw that glows in the dark and has missing teeth and swollen gums, and dead jawbone tissue that's separating from the healthy tissues, and stinking mouth abscesses. Is that a scary sight? Yeah. That is something called fossy jaw, P-H-O-S-S-Y, fossy jaw. And the cause of it is white phosphorus. And in the 19th century, white phosphorus is what they use to make matches. So match factory workers would get this disease if they were there long enough. Fossy jaw was as common to match factory workers as black lung was to coal miners. Wow. Gary stuff. Now we'll jump forward, and what we have today are matches that are safe to use. And and match books, the folding over paper kind with the paper matches, uh, it's taken uh, decades to develop those to where we have them now, where they're safe to use. People have been collecting them for a long time. In fact, uh, I refer to them in two different ways. Match books... Uh, I use that term when I'm referring to a book of matches that has the matches still in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Match covers is what collectors will collect because when they get match books, they take the matches out uh, for a couple of reasons. One, it's safer than to try to store these uh, matches that could conceivably start a fire. Uh, And also they can put them in albums and store them flat and lots of different ways to display them. So uh, match covers is what collectors want and match books is what you're most likely to find uh, when you're out hitting the sales in the flea markets. Now, that's interesting. You know, every single treasure hunt I've ever been on, I always find matches. Always. Well, it's supposed to be the second most popular collectible. After really? stamps. Yeah, people worldwide collect stamps, and people collect uh, matchbooks almost as frequently. Wow. Yeah, that explains. I sold, I'm just like everything else in almost every episode. I talk about how you should sort and look up items individually, and sure. I do the same with matches. And if it 
if they're cheap enough, I'll buy a jar of them. I actually have a big jar in my shed right now waiting for me to sort. But I do pick them up if I get them cheap enough. I got that one for a dollar. And I'll sit down and then look each one up individually and make a decision if they're worth listing on their own. I've done pretty well with individual match books, covers, match covers on hotels that are discontinued or amusement parks or can you believe they gave out matches at amusement parks? <laughs> oh, yeah, they used to give them out everywhere. Yeah. I came up I came up in the 50s when I was a, a boy. I was a boy in the 50s. But almost every man smoked. I mean it was just so common. Right. And of course a lot of them had lighters and and this was the days of the Zippo and and similar lighters, the sure. Bic lighters hadn't been invented yet, but it was common. You go into a bar or restaurant, and they'd have matches on the table. They'd have matches in the bathroom. They'd have just matches everywhere. Right. You pick up these books, and some of those things can be worth a fair amount. And, and by a fair amount, I mean the most expensive ones I've seen in archive sales were five, six hundred dollars for one match cover. Sure. And the one that I saw that I think was the most expensive was from the original McDonald's restaurant in California. When wow. it was owned by the McDonald's brothers, not Ray Kroc. Mm -hmm. What attracts collectors to match covers is the advertising. That's sure. what differentiates one from the next. Otherwise, they're just all the same. So that's how people collect them generally is by category and type of advertising. And it's, it's, it's an interesting way to collect. And it's so broad that you really have to decide in advance what kind of things you're going to be collecting or you just be overwhelmed with it. Sure. What about the ones you had in the jar? T tell me about those, what you have, what you have, sold already on eBay and what you have sitting in the wings waiting to be listed? Well, the ones that I've sold already was a huge box lot. And when I say huge, it actually fit a regional A priority mail box. That's, mm. I, I mean, that's, to me, it was huge. So it, it actually fits securely in a priority A, regional A priority mail box. So that had to be several hundred matchbooks, right? Correct. Were you doing match covers or matchbooks with matches? In well, them? these were actually um, both. There were some. Mm -hmm. There were some covers only, and like I said, I did look up every single one individually, and right. I pulled out. There was a Playboy Club in there, and I right. sold that on its own. I think I got like forty dollars for the right. Playboy Club, and then there was some hotels, a Sheridan. Uh, Miami hotels. The bit, the best I've done with hotel matches are from Japan or um, international matches. Right. I've right. done well with. So anyhow, I, these ones that were not valuable on their own, I put them in a box lot and I sold them for about I don't remember exactly, but I know it. I know it wasn't a hundred dollars, so it it was probably around sixty to eighty dollars. I sold these last year, and the interesting thing was it was global shipping, 
And these had matches and matchbooks and matchboxes. Wow. So it had matchboxes with the sticks in there as well. Did you see the sticks? Were they plain sticks or did they have some sort of writing or figures on where they decorated the sticks or were they just plain? They were plain sticks, unused. And I did ship them global, global shipping and I had them listed just like you would in matches. And I honestly didn't think about international (laughs) shipping or anything like that. So we got to check on those rules, I suppose, as we're, you know, talking to our listeners, I could be going to jail right now because I shipped those. Wait, is, is that the custom service knocking (laughs) at your door? Busted. Yeah. Here's, I I looked that up because I had the same question. I thought, well, you know, I, I know from, having a restoration shop for years that solvents and chemicals, that kind of thing take special handling. And I got to wondering about matchbooks because certainly they're flammable. I mean, they're, they're safer than they've ever been, but I wondered if that's on the postal service hazardous materials list and they are, but it's okay to ship them domestic ground. You can ship them anywhere in the United States uh, with uh, Postal Service, USPS, Ground Service, and it's fine. But you're not supposed to do them internationally. But I suspect that your package probably made it because I don't think anyone would have opened it. Was it marked hazardous? Uh, No. Okay. Here's the thing with, with matches. Most collectors will collect the match covers. So if you get a match book that still has the matches in it, there's a staple down at the bottom. If you carefully pull that staple out so you just leave the holes and you don't damage the cover, the matches come right out. And then you can flatten it. And that's what collectors are buying anyway is the advertising. Mm -hmm. So it takes a little bit more work. And if you've gone to a sale and bought, you know, big box of a thousand matchbooks, you're going to spend some time taking them apart or not. You can sell them the way they are. But uh, when it reaches a collector, they're going to take it apart anyway. Sure. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I can remember, um, I think it was at Austin when I was at the flea market at Roundtop, I saw notebooks. There were actual binders with sleeves in them of matchbook covers all flat. So the matches were removed and they were all set up so you could flick through the pages. So just like our postcard episode, that's something that you may want to consider putting together. Sure. Those were the plastic sleeves with the slots in it. Yeah. They, you can find those made specifically for match covers. Yes. So, and that would, that's a good way to, to collect them and other ways that I've seen, uh, if you have a particularly nice assortment of a dozen or so, you can frame them, put them on the wall, that kind of Sure, sure. Okay, Dana, this is a good place to stop for a word from our sponsor. So let's pause and we'll be right back. Hey, eBay sellers, it pays to know what you've got and what it's worth. That's why you need WorthPoint. 
WorthPoint.com is the world's largest resource for pricing antiques and collectibles with millions of items, photos, and sold-for prices. With their free mobile app for iPhone and Android, you can carry the power of WorthPoint right in your pocket wherever you go. For a 7-day, seven 7-look-up seven free trial, go to WorthPoint.com. Okay, we're back. Yours truly, Wayne Jordan and Dana Crawford, and we're talking about flipping match covers. Let's pick up where we left off. I was in a, a novelty store while I was in Austin before I went to the airport, and there was a display of matches that were current. They were from a, a, a modern company, and they all had interesting sayings on them. Mm-hmm. So it was like a gag kind of fun, fun stuff. And I thought that was pretty clever, actually, have, bringing the matches back to life with fun sayings. Well, that, that kind of thing is popular. A couple of other things that are popular are match covers from casinos. Yes. Vegas, Reno, uh, overseas casinos are big. And girly covers. Girly covers were, you know, I'm talking when I say that, I mean pinup girls. Yep. Not porn. If they made them that way today, it would undoubtedly be porn. But back in the 50s, uh, it was slightly naughty to have pinup girls with scantily clad and that sort of thing. And those are really popular. They bring pretty good prices. So if you're going to a, well, let's say a garage sale and you're faced with a bunch of matchbooks, how do you decide whether you're going to buy them or not? What moves you toward getting out your cash and going home with them? Well, I actually just, like for this jar, for example, I didn't open it up. I just could see through it and I shook it up. And what, you know, it's a dollar for goodness sakes, you know. So <laughs> I thought, well, I could go home and, and play with this and, you know, spend some more time looking through it. Um, but what intrigued me about it was I noticed there were also the match boxes right and the match boxes I've done well with in the past so and then there was some interesting covers I can't remember offhand what they were but there was some interesting covers that caught my eye and then there's also a large match box in the middle of this jar that was actually sealed so it had the plastic around it and it was a like something you would keep next to your stove or, you know, to light the pilot light or something. And that intrigued me. So I decided to spend a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll probably make a profit on your dollar. What do you think? Yeah, and it's just fun. I mean, you know, when I get around to listing it, but I think that it's, to me, it's like an addiction, you know, it's matches are small. They don't take up much space and, you know, I can, I can set it aside and get to it in a couple months or, or I can keep adding to it and then keep building that big box lot because the jar was maybe, I don't know, 10 inches tall by five inches round. So it wasn't a giant jar, but I can keep building to that. So adding to that to create a larger collection. And it to me, that's fun. It's just fun to build that up and then 
turn it into cash at some point and buy some gifts for somebody. Right. And of course that falls into the uh, neatly into the ephemera category, which is comprised of items that are relatively inexpensive to buy. You buy them in bulk. Uh, you can break them up in lots or sell them one at a time. And because there's not a big investment, you can leave them on lot. You leave them in your store for a long time. Just sure. wait until they sell because there are enough collectors out there that they will eventually sell. Sure. So tell me how you listed the ones that you sold. How did you title the listing and what was in your description? Just, just give us a breakdown of your listings. Well, I remember this, the last set that I sold, I actually just said a hundred plus. I wasn't going to count them. I'm too lazy. So I just said, <laughs> I just said a hundred plus, and then I just spread them out on a sheet mm -hmm. and then with them spread out in a sheet. And then I just started taking pictures of each section right? and then, you know, worked my way around. And I did some close-ups of some that I knew were, you know, maybe a little more desirable than the rest. It's good to have a couple, you know, if you've got some that are even $10, $15 to have those in there to make the, you know, make it more desirable. So, and then in my description, I would put a hundred plus matches, photo show all, please review, you know, the photos, feel free to ask any questions, but I'm not breaking up the set. Right. Because it never fails. Someone will come along and they'll say, I want that Union 76 match. <laughs> you know, I want right. that matchbook. Um, can you just sell me that one? And I have done that in the past where I would say, okay, if you pay the price I'm asking, you can have that one, but you may as well take them all. And I've had people actually do that. They would pay the asking price <laughs> and I would only ship them the one item. Wow. Yeah. I've had people do that. I've actually had people ask me to cut tags out of things and send them just the tag. Like a what? Clothing or something? Yeah. Just not to jump back to clothing, but yeah. I, it's funny how people just want one certain thing. So there's a limit, you know, that, that to me, they're going to commit fraud. So I'm not going to sell them a tag from Louis Vuitton, you know, or. That they can put on something else, right? Yeah, but with matches, you know, it's your call. If you wanna you wanna break up your your set, that's fine. But I prefer to keep it all in one and get rid of it all in one bulk lot. So rather than trying to give a verbal description of the quality of the lot, you just say pictures show all and you make sure you're adequately covered with your photos. Yes. And I, I mean, I will say some are used, you know, some are, some are, um, have edge wear or whatever, but if there's any major damage on some, I may just pull those out because it's not worth, not worth adding to the pile for people to see a couple of crappy looking covers. So, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise to have the nasty ones thrown in there. Um, you may as well pull those out. But yeah, it's pretty basic. Photos show all. Some some have missing matches. Some have no matches. You know, blah blah blah. Right. And then just make sure you describe it 
well enough that you don't have to sit there and list them one by one. However, if there is a, if there are a couple in there that are higher end, that fifteen twenty dollars we're calling high end on a, a right. lot that you may want to drop that name in your description box or put it in your title and say union 76 plus the plus sign, whichever ones are higher um, in your lot, you may want to add that to the title right. as a magic keyword. I call that bait on the hook. Well, I also noticed on looking through WorthPoint, I like to use the word box lot when I'm, when I'm listing a lot of something, if I have room in my title, I'll add box and then lot, those two words. And just for fun, I put in uh, match books, matches, box lot. It's really interesting because just like Legos, people are listing them and selling them by weight. So they'll add the pound, like for instance, um, in April 21st, 2021, box lot of 1,200 plus slash 13 pounds of matches sold for $199 on eBay. So you might want to consider that if you've got a humongous lot to weigh it in, weigh that lot and add that to your description. Yeah, I think that I would definitely um, reevaluate whether it's a good idea to leave the matches in versus pulling them all out. Right. However, unstruck matches, <laughs> if, if the, you know, that bar, I don't know what you call that. The, fl is it a flint or something? It's just striking service. Striking service. If that is unstruck, that could be more valuable. If there are no, um, signs of wear and also whether it's on the front of the pack or on the back of the pack sure because uh, there was a time many years ago when the matchbooks would all say close cover before striking right and you'd have to turn it over for the striking surface that's so right it inadvertently open up right i remember so that collectors can get pretty particular about what they're collecting They'll collect a certain category or a certain brand of advertising or a certain style of match. But boy, the, the market's out there and the matchbooks are everywhere. They're still printing those things for advertising. They're not as popular as they once were because so few people are smokers now relative to what they were before. Plus, there's uh, right now lighters, Zippos, and that sort of thing. There's a lot of panache to them. So I see more lighters than I do see matchbooks. Okay, well, the the diamond match clock on the wall <laughs> says it's time to go. So let's wrap this one up. It's been real, and I will see you next week. Okay. <laughs> see you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Flip It or Skip It. Brought to you by WorthPoint.com, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. WorthPoint.